Hey, what's going on? It's Mike, and I'm joined by Tyler, and it's our first official episode uh, that is airing of the No Clue Podcast. What's going on? What's up? What's up? <clears throat> We're going to talk about uh, sports, mostly basketball, and uh, music, new music, old music, artists, athletes. We're really going to talk about everything. It's just though those are the two biggest things in our that are going on for us at the moment. Yeah. So, so they will be the majority of our topics. Yeah. So we're we're gonna uh, start out today with the recent album drops. We're gonna start with uh, the highs and the lows. Yeah, the highs and the lows. Why don't you uh, kick it off with uh, J-Rock? Well, J- the thing about J-Rock is he gets like the, the rep of being the worst member, like the worst of the big four of TDE a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think this album honestly puts him in second place. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The album is... A great body of work. It's Possibly the best body of work out of TDE in a while. Since good... Ca- I... This might be... A, you know, this might be wild to say, but I think this is the best TDE project since Good Kid Mad City. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at you at all for saying that. I can't argue against his, that. His, his, like, growth in every album is so noticeable... Just his improvement of like making songs because he was all—I mean, all those guys can rap, like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of guys honestly can rap, like. But his like, ability to put good songs together are has gotten a lot better. Right, and for those who aren't familiar with J Rock and uh, his style, what would you consider his style? Ooh, uh, he's like aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. Um, he's one of those like he'll he'll give you the um, the like the talk your shit kind of bars. Mhm. Um, and before that's kind of all I really like wanted out of him. Yeah. But with this album, he had he had some hooks that I thought was like, you know, obviously he's not a great singer, but. Uh, he just found a way to sound good. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I know and again, that that's all subjective. You know, that somebody could have listened to it and thought, like, what the fuck is he trying to do? But <laughs> yeah, t- to me, to me, he found a way to make it sound good. And there's still plenty of that, like, talk your shit that he's known for. Mm-hmm. He's got like that deep, aggressive voice. So it, it it's just a great album. Yeah, and he um he definitely showed growth from that aggressive just straight gangster rap style that he used to have and uh yeah he's he's this is a well-rounded album very well-rounded for, for someone sure. who's not normally well-rounded all the all the features came to play you know if i i'm trying to think none of the features i could think of were like fucked up man you know j cole not could have been better but it wasn't bad right yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. And it wasn't, oh, you know, it wasn't a fucking um, 
like a French Montana album where every song is a featured somebody, you know? Yeah, yeah. J-Rock definitely used his features and then still showed his stuff. Definitely. Yeah, he had J-Rock. a good balance. Good balance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not a fan of the no feature albums. I'm not either. But I'm it's also not a fan to. of, like, when every song has a feature. Right. It's hard to listen to... You know, four minutes, twenty songs. You know, four minutes each of one voice. It's hard to. Yeah, there's you gotta be you gotta be able to like, you gotta really be able to keep your attention. Yeah. When you think about an album, on average, let's say, say ten to thirteen songs. Yep. Uh, that's forty minutes to an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got to be special to to keep your attention that whole time when it's one guy or one girl. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and especially for people who aren't very versatile, like J Rock normally is is he's better on this album, but a lot of times he's not the most versatile kind of guy. You know, the Pusha T's aren't really versatle. Pusha T kind of has the same. Came, came straight for Pusha T. No, I agree with you. That's why I was so happy. I was so happy his album was short. Yeah, because he has the same, you know, pushing man, moving weight right. kind of subject matter in every song. Right, right. And, you know, you can't listen to 15 songs about that. There, all, there's only you know. so many ways you could throw out a punchline about moving dope that until it's like, dude, I get it. Like, come on, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Pusha T's a great rapper. Don't get me wrong. He's yeah, he's... he's I just not a huge. I'm not a huge fan, but that doesn't mean I can't acknowledge how good he is. Right. We'll we'll get into the rapper versus artist thing too. I feel like when I feel like we need to say that to listeners because when we talk about certain rappers and we use that, they'll need to know like what we mean. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, but we'll get into it later. Let's let's jump to uh, Nazir, Nas's long-awaited. Seven song, Kanye produced, Kanye featured, Kanye influenced, Wyoming influenced <laughs> album. I guess I'll, I'll share my thoughts. Um, so we it's it's been a what uh, half a week since this stuff's been out. These two albums have been out. Yeah. Uh, usually what I do is if an album's really good, I'll keep it on my phone and, you know, I'll, I'll come back to it when I'm, when I've, you know, when I feel like it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm doing with J-Rock. J-Rock's every song is still on my phone and it's probably going to be that way for a little while. Right. With Nasir, <laughs> you're looking at seven songs. By by Monday, I was down to two songs. <laughs> From Friday to Monday. Yep. <laughs> All right. And by next Monday, the two I'm looking at them right now. Uh, the two songs they're called "Everything" and "Adam and Eve." Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're off my phone next week. <laughs> they're forgettable, very forgettable. I mean, they're good, but not as forgettable as the rest of the album. I could tell you, but. Whew. Honestly, right. man, it's... Dude, don't make us wait years, 
you know, and here and there you dropped nuggets of hype. Nah, you know what I mean? Done. Yeah, like you, you know, you drop a track is that is done. You, that was supposed you, to be done. I, I, <laughs> I go on record to say no, it wasn't. <laughs> there is, dude. He he flew out to Wyoming or where, wherever the fuck he met Kanye, or not met, but like you know, did the album. Mm-hmm. It took him probably a, a long weekend, like a three day weekend. Yeah. That, Again, that is the... I got no clue what it takes to make a fucking album. So you know, of course, if I told that to Kanye, he'd he'd fucking call me fucking stupid, and I don't know shit. But this does not sound good. Right. This sounds like shit we've heard thousands of times. Right. I'll I'll say I'll say how I feel about it. Uh, Nas. You're widely recognized as one of the greatest. Top five in most people's lyricist group. You know, maybe not the millennials. But, you know, every, most people over 20, over 22, 25 will have you in their top five. Nas. Um, this doesn't sound like a top five artist album. It's 26 minutes. So, I, you know, you can't tell me that you spent years or even a month working on a 26-minute album. And then, you know, the lack of direction the album has, you know, there's no real topic to each song. It's like, you know, you have one nice little line here and there and then the rest of the song kind of goes off on different tangents, you know. You know, like I said off air, that he's never represented. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, and like I said off air, it seemed like um <laughs> when you write an essay, uh, let's say the essay is supposed to be two pages and you knock out one page and you leave and you go get something to eat, you take a nap, you come back and bust out that second page. You know, usually when you write something, you finish it, especially like lyrics. You would think that he would finish it in one sitting. But it's like he wrote some stuff, lost his train of thought, said, oh, I, you know, that line is pretty nice too. I'm going to throw it in there too right after this line. And it seems like the lines don't really have a good flow of subject matter. You know, maybe that's just my listening. No, I'm with you. It just... It wasn't that good, man. Like, there's, it's all over, like you said, it's all over the place. The subject... It just, it's not him. I, it doesn't feel authentic to me. Right, yeah. Let, let me get to the racially charged the politically political activist the Nas is all of a sudden becoming with this right. his album at like how old is he 40 I don't know somewhere there yeah it, you know I, and I'm not saying Nas didn't speak about real life stuff before of course he did but we haven't heard all, all the stuff that's been happening the police shootings the police brutality for you to come out and not say, for you to not say anything through all these last couple years, I'm, and I don't know what you do behind the scenes, Nas. I don't know what he does. I don't know if he gives to, you know, gives to the victims' families or whatever. I don't know what he does, but for him to not be vocal about it to everyone, for me, someone who 
kind of stays up on the news to not have heard anything from Nas. And all of a sudden, he comes on this album and starts talking like he's the new activist of, you know, 2018. It, it just... It doesn't like make you any said, sense. Mike, it's, not, it's not authentic to me. It's like he said, you know what? Maybe I should throw something in about what's been going on because I know people have been talking It'll about grab it. attention, yeah, like... It's almost yeah. like he's reaching for shit that'll make people say, like, oh, did you hear Nas? Just to, like, gain notoriety. Dude, really? Like, right. Cause we're, don't, cause if we're, you have nothing to honestly talk about, you shouldn't be making a fucking album. Right. If he was, I know you're making, was like J. Cole talking about it every day, and he's, J. Cole was down, you know, goes to see the victims all the time and all this stuff. You know, if he's talking about it every day, then I would say, you know, I would expect it coming on the album, but he's he shocks me with this stuff coming on the album. And even when he says it, it doesn't even sound powerful to me. Not and at I, all. And I'm I'm not like a Nas mega fan, but you know I it's it was disappointing to me to hear someone do that, not sound authentic, because that's one of my biggest pet peeves is authenticity. Yeah, if you don't that's... have it, it, I can't trust you. I can't trust you as an artist. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, J. Cole, uh, his music tends to bore me at times, late, lately, a lot. Mm-hmm. But J. Cole, you know, he drops off the face of Earth for a while, comes back, gives an album. And he always he always tells an authentic story. Yeah. Like, it's like a personal story of something he's gone through over the past several years or went through at some point in his life. And you, I feel that. Like, I feel... Him telling that story, he sells it that, like, that's something he went through. Right. And... Yeah. That's what I guess I wanted from Nas after all this time. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he just didn't go through anything. Maybe he's been out of touch. You know? (laughs) All the, all the, uh, what are the commercials he does? (laughs) Oh, uh... Is it Hennessy? Yeah, it is Hennessy chasing chasing <laughs> your uh, yeah yeah whatever. wild rabbit or something like something like <laughs> yeah, that wild I, rabbit yeah what are you what are you chasing yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey man he's killing it the commercials the commercials are pretty good but I guess yeah they you know, are good yeah could have made a fun song talking about Henny that's all you had to do man come yeah, on could have. Get get a get a more up tempo beat and just like talk shit. Yeah, like he used to. Yeah, that would be nice. My my highlight of the album is Kanye in the dreams, singing on everything. That's my favorite part of the whole album. Yeah, ev- everything, right? That's the song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The seven minute song. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. And and in that one, Nas is just kind of like the beat is a little more high energy and it kind of wakes you up you know what i mean yeah compared to the rest of the album you're like like what is going on this this hasn't captured my attention at all yeah and we're only talking about nas nas's album today but is there a pattern on all of these kanye albums that you see well beside the awkward seven seven track Amount. Well, yeah. Beside that, my my pattern is that it seems like there's only one real highlight, like one hit on all of these albums. 
That's that's why I don't like that he did this. So Kanye has kind of like what he's done with the all these releases that he's been a part of is he's kind of dominated the the music. I don't want to say industry, but that's kind of what he's like. He's been the center of attention lately. Yeah. With all these weekly releases from him or somebody he helped produce. Right. Um, he did that amazing, you know, rollout by just saying wild stuff and hoping people go get the album to see what he says on the album. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you you said. You said because you know, for all our listeners, we actually had a trial run that didn't go so well. But (laughs) in that trial run, you said you know that it's almost like all that wild shit he said was the promo for the album. It was. It was absolutely no fun. singles, no like nothing. Not just his, all of them. Cause yep. you know, think about the albums that came out. We heard Pusha T's album, Kid See Ghost, him and Kid Cudi, and Nas. Right? Is that it? Yep. Uh, so, four, no five, and yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, has anyone heard anything from Kid Cudi speak at all? Um, that's a big negatory on that one. Nope. Has anyone heard Nas speak at all before the album? Any nope. rollout from Nas? Any the only rollout from Pusha was the Drake diss, and that was pretty much after the album. And if Drake hadn't responded, out. if Drake hadn't responded on the day of the release, Pusha T probably wouldn't have said anything. Exactly. So what I'm saying, Kanye's. Kanye rolled out everyone's album with his ridiculous comments. Yeah, it's it's shady. This this situation's shady, man. The more I, the more I think about it, the more it's like it's almost like they're taking advantage of the the music environment. Yeah, exactly. Should I go into the spiel that our listeners missed? Because I, I gladly will. Oh, dude, you gotta gotta keep people see- informed. Because then you see Jay-Z and Beyonce also only released nine, when originally ten songs was like the minimum for albums. See, what the fans, what we know, I know, Mike knows, because we've talked about it. But what people don't understand about streaming is that when you stream, the artists do actually get paid from your streams, right? And they go on tour for the streams it's actually easier on them because they never have to actually print a CD. They never have to actually distribute CDs because you they get so much money from streaming. So, yeah, and, and and let me just like set the the scene. On the surface, it seems like it's better for the viewers cuz all they have to do is stream it. They don't have to buy the album. Right. It does seem but, it does seem like that, but it absolutely is them making taking advantage of the fans as like i said we're we're sheep to them when they when they do it like kanye does it when like jay-z does it we're buying we're paying even though we're not giving them money they're making money because we're streaming something over and over and over again especially only seven songs because everyone's going to finish it and most people are probably going to restart it yeah so what they do is they take advantage of us by giving these subpar and 
low quality albums they just push onto the streaming sites they when you see the physical disc let me know because that's that's really what gives them the more gives them more money but the streams is easy money because they don't have to work hard for it because they know that no matter what they put out you guys are still going to stream it and they're still going to make sense off of anything they put out because you're not going to hear it on the radio first you don't actually have to go to the store and like mike just said it's easier on you because you just have to stream it but it's also easier on them because the more you stream and the more you want to come see them in concert which is where the big bucks are made the concerts it's, it's all it's all a tactic that they have this is their system and, and, and if you un- does, if you understand money off of so many other artists doing it yeah if you if you understand that concept and you look at the like you mentioned the five projects that he's dropped yep or he's had a hand in you you can almost see the lack of true effort given like it yeah. just the, none of them even push a tease album which was good they none of them feel like I'm trying to really make a project that is just going to blow people, you know, like J-Rock. Right. And, and this is what guys like Jay-Z, this is, and don't get me wrong, Jay-Z is a legend. Jay-Z should be definitely praised for his longevity in the game, the rap game. Yep. But what, what these guys do is they work off their clout from years ago. They, us, we as fans, we don't work on a what have you done for me lately Mentality, which is what we probably should work off of, but we work off of yeah, you know, Nas had an album, really great album, one of the greatest albums ever, about twenty years ago. So I'm gonna go stream his new album, it, and Nas has not had a really, really good album in the last three albums. Same thing with Kanye. Unfortunately, Kanye's, you know, recent work is some of his worst work, and I think. <laughs> Don't disrespect Life of Pablo. You're going to get a lot of criticism for that. Well, Life of Pablo isn't bad, but if you rank Kanye's albums, where is Life of Pablo? It's going sixth or seventh. Right next to Yeezus and right next to this. These three, these last three will be his last three albums in most people's rankings. Am I right? And it should be all people's rankings. (laughs) Exactly. And what has Kid Cudi done for us lately? No, man, I'd give Kid Cudi a little bit of a pass because his uh, passion, pain, and demon slang was a lot better than people think. Yeah, but overall, overall, he's had two great albums. First two, right, were really great. Then he kind of had a decline. He kind of went missing. He went into de- depression and all that. You know, a lot of other things was going on. And he did come back with one decent album. But overall, it's not one that we will put on a pedestal for this new Kid See Ghost. Especially when it's really not just Kid Cudi, it's Kanye and Kid Cudi. Also with Jay-Z. Although Jay-Z has had great albums every time he comes out. It's the... We wait for so long for something. And then with no singles, with no... that's another thing they do with the streaming. They don't release any singles before the album. Because you have to go and listen to all of it to see where the best song is. Because normally, when I was a kid at least, when a single came out, like um, like when Thank Me Later came out and Over came out right before Thank Me Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That? As soon as I got Thank Me Later, although I listened to all of it, 
I couldn't wait to hear Miss You and Over. Like, those were the two that I played was, more often. Because I had the I, same experience with uh, So Far Gone, the best I ever had. Right. So you, you gravitate towards that single. But when these guys have the... When streaming is big now, these guys have these small albums, they don't release a single because they it makes you want to listen to all of it without ever going to, like, a highlight that you know already. So... I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's not as much of a take advantage of the fans thing, but fans need to keep that in mind and know that that's what they're doing. Because sometimes there is no good song on the album when they do that. And it's just for you to listen to all of it. It's like, oh, there's no singles. People think that every song is good, but really, they just didn't really put any effort to make a single on there. They're just putting stuff out there for you to stream. Yeah, man, it's... It's a frustrating system where we're living in. It is. So, fans out there, listeners, be careful who you stream and keep giving your money to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you should illegally download or just listen to albums on YouTube or wh- however you think you should do it, other than streaming. But just know that your streaming sense do go to these artists and. Are, they're taking advantage of streaming and of us as fans. They are. Whether it feels like it or not, they are taking advantage of us. For sure. But, you know, you got to make money. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it hustle. comes down to. That's the hustle. That's what every, probably every trend we talk about or music industry trend, that's what it's fueled by, so. Yeah. <clears throat> so... We covered the main two. The Beyonce and Jay-Z album we will cover probably on our next podcast on Sunday. Yeah, uh, a little more in detail. Yeah, um, I will just mention some uh, uh, not-so-major releases. A Liberation by Christina Aguilera released. And uh, if you're a Christina Aguilera fan, I think you should be happy with this album and I'm not really a Christina Aguilera fan but I, I really enjoyed the album so if, if you guys like Christina Aguilera definitely go pick that up if you didn't hear about it, it didn't really get a lot of press um, so yeah that's Christina uh, Jacquees 4275 came out and uh, if you've been following Jacquees he's had 4 or 5 mixtapes really good mixtapes he had the collab mixtape with Dej Loaf Who's, she's featured on the uh, album. So it's Trey Songs and Chris Brown and Young Thug um, and Jagged Edge. You guys, you know, for you non-millennials out there who know Jagged Oof. Edge well. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a really good album. It's a lot of bedroom music for the ladies. You know, um, anytime you got Trey Songs out there, y'all know, you guys already know what it is. Um Jacquees has a very sweet voice. He's a young guy, young money. I mean, cash money. Um, so yeah, it, if you're into R&B, if you know Jacquees, definitely go pick that up if you haven't heard it already. Um, yeah, and uh, I also listened to another album today by K. Forest. It's called Forest Fire Two. K. Forest is an R&B. Is it? A, guy it's too. an album. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, okay. well, I guess it's an album. It might be a mixtape, but it's, I mean, it's on Spotify. It's on the streaming platforms. So um, okay. it's a R&B, you know, smooth R&B. Um, it it's different. He kind of has a, a party next door kind of tone to him. He has a different kind of tone, high voice. I mean, he's nice. He's nice. It's a good good album. If you haven't heard of him and you wanted to check him out, that's called Forest Fire Two. You know, I I Roman numeral two. Um, so yeah, that's that's the music we're covering right now. We're we're gonna get into more music, and if you guys, you know, are following us through our podcasts, and you guys have any suggestions, hit us up with suggestions to we could talk about, we can analyze. You know, we're not experts here, but we have opinions. That's like why it's called else. the No Clue Podcast because we got yeah. no clue. Exactly. Let us know. Let us know what to listen to, man. We might, you might, give us our new favorite artist. You never know. Um, but yeah. So um, I think we're gonna jump into sports right now, basketball right now, with uh, some breaking news. You guys don't know this, but last week, uh, me and Mike talked a lot about Dwight Howard and Dwight Howard's struggles throughout the year. Not a lot about him, but. We talked about his we, struggles we, throughout the year. We mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned him, and um, and we both feel like he might be misunderstood and get a bad rep. But um, he got traded today to the Nets, the Brooklyn for, Nets. Uh, for I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of disrespectful what he got traded for. <laughs> Timothy Mozgov. Some in, cash. In and some cash. some cash and some, I think, two second-round picks. Second-round picks, wow. And Dwight was the number one pick, wasn't he? Dwight was a three-time defensive player of the year. <laughs> yes. Did he lead the league in blocks, too? I think he might have been top five in rebounding this past year. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so tell me how you feel about it. How you feel about the trade? Um, I like it. I think it's a good move for the uh, Nets because I read I read that they're gonna save a ton of money. That opens up the potential for them to get some uh, max max players. Which you know I I don't know if they'll be able to draw in any max players, but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah man I think it's a good move. They're saving money on. I mean, are they going to get better? Probably not. But they're they're a lottery team anyway, so. Yeah, I I mean I I think Dwight gets them a couple games better, but not they'll still be in a lottery. Yeah, Dwight probably puts a couple fans in the seats. Yeah. So I I, I like the move overall. I think it's a good move. Yeah. So now so, for for Charlotte, I'm sorry, I went on one side of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charlotte. I would like the move if Mozgov wasn't pretty much as expensive as Dwight, if not more expensive. Right, because he's so, making seventeen million a year. Something Next like time. that. Yeah, yeah that's what the problem think. is. Charlotte has so many large contracts. Well, I don't know about so many, but Batum is eating away at their fucking cab, playing like garbage. Batum came back like with 
five turnovers in his first back game back, just giving the ball away over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, Batum, he's definitely eating up. If anyone's eating up contract, I mean, eating up cap, it's Batum, big time. Man, he is stealing money. And Kem, like, I just feel bad because I like Kemba so much. Yeah. Isn't, isn't like, Lamb... Lamb, Jeremy Lamb, baby. Kemba and Dwight, like, aren't they, like, 90% of their cap? Like, four players taking up, like, you know, over 70%. I'm not surprised because I know, um, I think Cody Zeller's on a rookie contract. Yeah, I think he... He was on his option year this year, I think. Yeah, and then so was uh, Kid Gilchrist. I think just finished his rookie contract. Yeah. Um. No, 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 no. Kid, he couldn't have. Kid oh, he's he's got another year. No, I mean he should be done, cause he came in with Davis, right? Yes. And Cousins. Oh, yeah. No, I think he got paid. I think Kid Gilchrist got a contract. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I forgot he was still which, on the team. Which, why, I don't know the answer to that, but Another again. person eating their cap up. They have a lot Yeah, they, they got to get upgraded at the wing position, man. Yeah, Monk is not doing it yet. Yeah, Monk is the one I was forgetting. I like Monk, man. I think he could be okay. And I, I like... Too. I think Jeremy Lamb's a solid bench player. I, I think he could be, but I don't know if he's doing it yet. But I no, I do think he's potential wise he's a really good bench player. But I just don't I haven't seen him do anything. In the few games I watch of Charlotte, I haven't seen Charlotte play that much. But you know, and I like I really liked him in college. I loved him actually. He was one of my favorite players in college. And he's you know, back he, I think he was my there. favorite player his his last year. And him and Kim, Kimba was there, right? Him and Kimba? Yeah, but he stayed another year, I want to say. Yeah, maybe him. So it was him, Shabazz, and Boatwright after Kimba left? Yes. And then he left, and then Shabazz and Boatwright won, won the championship? Was Boatwright? Yeah, Boatwright was there. You're right. And then Boatwright... They were terrible without him. That you without uh, without Shabazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they got remember they got like in trouble like. Yeah. UConn got uh, banned from the tournament for a year. This might have been. Gambling or something, right? Yeah, they, this might have been ar- around the time. I don't remember. I don't want to throw out a time or a year and be completely wrong. Yeah, and I'm not sure what Calhoun did, but I do remember they got in trouble. So I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't. I don't want to say any specific crimes because I don't know what he did. But I know uh, they did get in trouble for something, or so, at least investigated. So back back to Charlotte. If they if they don't find a way to keep Kemba, Michael Jordan's done. <laughs> he should lose the job. Lose his job. I don't know if he can lose the job. He owns like eighty percent of the team. Yeah, but I mean, dude, he has got to go. Yeah, you're talking to a Wizards fan, so I know, I know what it feels like to have your franchise fucked over by a guy. <laughs> that guy in particular, right? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. 
You said that guy in particular. That's wild. That's Bro, I, I, shout out to all the Chicago people who, you know, Jordan's an icon, whatever. Shout out to all the 90s NBA people who think Jordan's an icon. Jordan, he is. He's the greatest player ever. But as a fucking GM, <laughs> he is so fucking selfish. It makes me sick. Well, as a person, he's selfish. Oh, yeah, but that's that's none of my business. I I don't really judge, like, his personal... I know he gambled a lot or whatever, but that's his business. And he he charged us $250 for shoes. No one kids getting shot and killed over him. That's that's selfish. But we're not... That's that's for another day. Yeah, that's... Oh, we're talking about his GM, his GM style definitely is selfish. Dude, absolutely. Kemba is, Kemba is the only person he's drafted that like been a good NBA player. Yeah. Who else? Kid Gilchrist as a second overall pick. Garbage. I'm. I just want to say the Wizards. I'm pretty sure took Bradley Beal right after that. Yeah, I think so. Bradley Beal's a head and shoulders better player than Kid Gilchrist. Yeah. And I could have told you that I could have told you that on draft night. Davis and Gilchrist went one and two. Yeah. <laughs> Was he there when the Bobcats first started? Oh, you mean no, the right? Hort when they turned to the Hornets? No, I mean was he there with the Bobcats, Jordan at all? Yeah. When they first started? Like he, he was got there. Okafor and Felton in them? I don't know about that. I oh. think he, he became majority owner in the, like, right around 2010. Oh, okay. So. I'm just checking, because he definitely made a lot more a lot more bad picks in that case. They just haven't had any good picks, the new Charlotte no, franchise, haven't. except for Kemba. Who, who drafted Adam Morrison? <laughs> Don't tell me it was the Bobcats. <laughs> Michael Jeffrey jo- Jordan, baby. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Adam Morrison was so raw in college and so garbage. <laughs> he's, one of the, he's one of the biggest vicious to trash players. <laughs> Like Bro, I'll never forget runs. him crying after they lost. Uh, where did was it in the national championship? I think it was the final four. Yeah, fine. I just remember him crying, and I remember thinking, uh, like, I remember people that at that time watched more basketball than me were like, you know, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be a top draft pick. He's gonna be great. <laughs> Man, he was not great at all. The white mamba. Been a lot of been a lot of mambas outside of the actual mamba. <laughs> he was scored in champion that year, two thousand six. He was the man. <laughs> hey man, he was a great. I remember uh, my friend recently, like a few months ago, sent me one of his old. I think he had a was it maybe NBA Live commercial or. I, I can't remember, but the commercial like was sucking him. And my boy was just like, man, how how times have changed, how certain players don't pan out. It was only the Sweet 16. <laughs> oh, wow. 
<laughs> I, I, lost, I lost a little bit of respect. Aaron Apollo. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and I'm sure nobody at that time would have been able to tell you that Aflala would have a better NBA career than uh, than Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Aflala is garbage, but... <laughs> for, for a short while, Aflala was not garbage. Yeah, for a short while, he was really, really good. We're, yeah. we're getting off on a major tangent stuff. Yeah, we are, we are. Let's we're... go back to the uh, Hornets. So, as a franchise, you know, if you're saying if they... If this doesn't pan out, if they lose Kimba, Jordan should be done. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it's like all Jordan's fault, but he just doesn't have a good history of making good teams. I don't know what should. And I want to see Charlotte do well. Why? Because their fans, like people in, in the Carolinas root for them. Shout out to the, our Carolina listeners. Yep, yep. Which we will yeah. have. Yeah, we'll probably have a couple. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, like the the fa- I mean, the fans there root really hard for all the teams that are in that area. But it, I, to be honest, I feel bad for every franchise that has vicious fans. Yeah. And like they just. They they don't do it's almost like they don't do everything in their power to try to build a great team. You're saying Charlotte doesn't? Well, I mean, there's other teams that do it, but Charlotte's the one that pops to mind at the moment. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Other teams do it. Atlanta's doing that right now. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Let's um let's talk real quick about Kawhi. I, th- I think we should transition. Yeah, he's uh Kawhi. he's meeting with um meeting with Popovich in L- I don't know if it's L.A. or where. I think they said San Diego, maybe. Uh, in California, I know that. Yeah, somewhere. Good. Did he? Where did he go to college? San, San Diego, Diego State. State right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. He was where a, he was an Aztec. Yeah, I think that's where they're meeting. Um. So. <laughs> So how do you feel about Kawhi? Like, what's going on? Well, it's funny. Kawhi's, like, image has changed so drastically over this past year. Right. And... In what way? Explain. I mean, he, he was thought of, like, as the perfect spur. Yeah. People, right. like, he was the prototypical spur. Yeah. He was more, he was almost, like, personality-wise, he was more Tim Duncan than Tim Duncan was at times, almost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. But it just felt like, I don't know, man, he just felt so, like, the perfect player for that franchise. Right. And it was so, it was so, like awesome to cuz they you know they've been a great franchise for fucking 30 years and it was so awesome to see them transition from Tim Duncan to like oh we have a guy who's up next who's gonna you know take the torch and carry us to great to future greatness mm-hmm. cuz if you think about it this if the Spurs 
if you give the Spurs, I guess Kawhi would probably be enough. They would have probably done better than they did. This year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They would have been a better seed. They probably would have got out. They they could have ended up facing the Warriors in the conference finals. And to be honest, the year before, they could have beat them. Oh, yeah, when he got hurt. I'm when sure Zaza hurt. injured him? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think they could have. Well, I, I don't think they would have, but they could have, yeah. But um, more specifically about this whole, like, he wants to leave situation. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't understand what... it's. There's so much stuff going on behind the scenes that it's frustrating. It's hard to, like, really blame somebody. Yeah, well, well now he's saying that he is irate with Popovich and Tony... Parker over his com- over their comments about his quad injury. I understand you know, Parker. Com- uh, I understand why he's pissed at Parker. Right. I I didn't like what Parker said. Right. But my thing is like, um, I can't. What if he's like? I don't know if this is true, but what if he's actually hurt? What if he doesn't? You know, everybody's telling him he's fine. But he, you know, you know your body better than uh, anybody else. So if yeah. he feels discomfort and he doesn't think, you know, I go out there, I don't play as well as I could, then maybe I'll injure it even more, and that scares him. I can't have a problem with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, you know who this is starting to remind me of, and it's gonna sound pretty bad. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Andrew Bynum. You remember when Bynum got hurt and got <laughs> traded to the 76ers and yeah. then never played again? <laughs> well, that was because he, he, like, further injured himself bowling or some shit. Yeah, but to never play again? A two-time NBA champion? He was a, starting he was a, center? They were, uh, com- they were discussing whether he was better than Dwight Howard. And he never played again. And I, I, I get that. He got hurt again and teams started to lose faith in him. Another guy it kind of reminds me of is <laughs> is Larry Sanders. That's totally different. <laughs> he, he's different, but I'm just saying these are guys that have... The situation, yeah, all of a sudden they're just gone. Yeah, they're just gone. And, and I, don't, I don't think Kawhi is like done playing, but... I wouldn't be surprised if next year he kind of pulls a Bynum kind of dingins and, you know, he gets traded. He passes, because he passed the Spurs physical, right, to play. Dude, he, he it healthy. feels like he's passed everybody's physical. Right, he's passed everyone's physical, so technically he can get traded now, whether he says he's healthy or not. He All he has to do is pass the physical on the team to be traded, so he already passed that. So, I, I'm... I'm thinking, what if he gets traded and he just doesn't play? He just refuses to play. Like, you know, similar to what Bynum did. Because when, when Bynum did get healthy for the 76ers, he just said he didn't want to play. Right. So what What if that happens for Kawhi? And then he says, I'm just not going to play until you guys send me to the Lakers. And then by the time he gets to the Lakers, you know, who knows what happens. 
I don't know, man. I just the the difference is he's much better player than all those guys, those other guys we talked about. So, I mean, and there's there's so much money for him to make. There is there's a lot a lot of money for me. You know, yeah. so it's like it, this is this is why I say I think we'll find out what kind of player, how good he really is, when he goes to the team and he has to lead them as the leader of the team. Because that's the thing about the Spurs and Popovich. Popovich is the leader of the Spurs. There is no player that is the leader. And it, I don't think, you know, I think probably David Robinson was. But even then, I think the leader is Popovich. He does all the press conferences. He answers questions for the players most of the time, right? You know, he calls every play. Even when guys think they can call their own play, they still get Popovich's play. Even the guys that these people think are like superstars always run Popovich's play. Very rarely do they ever... But no, I, I think they, they have transitioned. Like, I watched them this year, you know, here and there, and I thought they um, they did a much better job, you know, with the whole LaMarcus Aldridge was unhappy thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did a much better job of, like, simp- like let's just get post-ups. But LaMarcus is arguably, like, the... I won't say he's, because I know the Tim Duncan fans will disagree, but I think LaMarcus is the best star that they've had. Like, he's like one of the only stars that Popovich has had that wasn't always with Popovich. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, you know, you can't put a superstar from another team into Popovich's offense and just think it's going to be all good. Right. You know? And I think... That, they had to do that with Aldridge, and there's really no turning back with that. You can't just Aldridge was killing in in Portland, you know, as the man, and then now he's not the man all of a sudden. It, it's tough. But Duncan was okay not being the one and only for a long time, and so was Tony. And I mean, and being able to bench Ginobili like that, I don't, and I'm not saying bench, not in a bad way, but I'm saying. Being able to not bring Ginobili in, who was an all-star one year, off the bench, being able to not start him takes a lot of very strong leadership. You know, like, no one player can say that. It's all Popovich. No, for sure. So I think that Kawhi, if Kawhi has to be a leader on another team, being as quiet as he is and obviously as temperamental, maybe, I guess not temperamental, but easily agitated as he's been this year. He's shown to be, yeah. Yeah, as he's shown to be this year, I, I think we'll see what if he's really a star this year. I think you have to not, you can't be on the Spurs and have like a rise to stardom. <laughs> because a lot of the stardom is how Popovich uses you. I think if Kawhi goes on another team, we'll really see what kind of star he is. For, is no, he for sure. I had um, I had a friend, a close friend of mine, who for a long time was in denial of about how good Kawhi is, mm-hmm. because because of that exact reason, you know, he he constantly reminded people, you know, look, it's Popovich, like he's grown into this player in the perfect environment. He's been groomed every year. They've taken incremental steps to make him better. He, that's uh, that's true. That wouldn't that wouldn't happen on probably any of the other twenty nine teams. Right, exactly. It, you know, a lot of other teams have if 
if he was how he was when he first got there, not being able to shoot that well, just kind of being really strong, just kind of being a wild man as far as like defense and stuff, he might not even made it in his you know into his next contract like he right. did. But he but you know it, there's no doubt about it. He can play. He's a great defender. His jump shot has come along amazingly. Yeah, that's and it's still like I just it looks weird to me, but yeah, it's, it, it's so, it goes so in. His hands are so big and it's you know he's so muscular. It it's tough. His spot up is almost cash money. Yeah. Now and it wasn't like that at all before. It's it's amazing. He has blossomed for sure. But you know I don't know if he can go to a team and be the man by himself and lead them. I don't know if he can do that. But I guess we'll see if he does, if he has to. We'll see if he has to. And, you know, this is one thing different between Popovich and a lot of the other coaches. Like Doc Rivers, for instance. Doc always entrusts a player with that leadership role. All Doc's teams had that one leader that everyone knew was the leader. You know, I, I think KG was probably the leader of that Boston team. Yeah, Rondo was the point guard, and Pierce was probably the all-around... No, KG was the emotional leader. I'll give you that. KG, KG the vocal was the leader. leader. Whatever KG said went on the court. Obviously, sure. in the timeouts, KG is just a good, a coachable guy, but yeah, he was the leader. And then, obviously, I mean, there's no doubt CP was the leader of the um, of the Clippers though, all the time. Yeah, and this year, probably, I mean... It, I, I don't know if it was Lou or it was Dre, DeAndre, I, it, but I think it was always an on-court leader with Doc, always. Maybe because that's how he played. Doc was the on-court leader with Dominique and those guys. He, you know, he was the leader for those guys as a point guard. Maybe that's not Pop, that's just not Popovich's game. Popovich is the leader of his teams most of the time. I give a quick, quick side note. I give uh, DeAndre Jordan a lot of credit for losing Chris Paul and still uh, keeping the same numbers. But yeah, me too, definitely. Because uh, before he left, um, you know, I don't remember DeAndre scoring if CP didn't pass it to him. Right, right. <laughs> it wasn't an alley oop, or you know, or a really good pass. And this year, he did a great job. Garbage baskets is his game, and it always has been. I saw DeAndre play when he was in high school. He played our school in Texas, and I, man, it was just alley oops. Every in warm ups, they threw him alley oops. He would just <laughs> throw it in the basket, just like he does now. And he right. was, you know, 16 years old doing that. So I think that's just his game, and I think he can do that with anyone. CP was great at it and got it to him easier, but he's proved that he doesn't need anybody anybody special to do it just put it up yeah. there man i'll i'll get it <laughs> he's he's a, he's a good big man i you know he's a little expensive but but anyway back to the to the coaching thing yeah I, I, pop pop has created that culture of he is the leader of the team mm-hmm. and yeah i i can't i can't really picture any other co- maybe maybe brad stevens yeah. Um, and and with the war with the Warriors, like I, I don't I think Steph is the leader of the Warriors, though. I think Steph, but I don't think he's like. Uh, he's not the kind of leader we 
he's not like the KG. He's he's more like the CP leader. He's just not as volatile as CP. He doesn't have to be. That's Draymond's job. It, I think Steph, because you hear Steph whispering, to, you see Steph whispering to the guys, and he goes and has these sidebars with with his players. Yeah, Draymond has the emotional talk, but I think when it comes to the game plan and what they actually do on the court, it's I'll give you that. Yeah, I think Draymond says, "Yo, man, you need to, you know, step up, play better D, or, you know, get stop fired turning up. it over." Yeah. Yeah, he he may be the punisher, but Steph is the leader, I, and I think Draymond, I think Steph could shut everything Draymond says down if he wanted to. He'd be yeah. like, "Yo, Draymond, knock it off." And, then and I think Draymond, I think as a good leader, he probably. Uh, I think I do think he's a good leader. I think he he finds like that balance of allowing Draymond to go crazy, but you know, I think I think he has something to do with why Draymond doesn't completely you know go off the rails. <laughs> yeah, doesn't get which I'm fights which I'm a little nervous. Like if Draymond was on another team, I feel like he would be susceptible to doing that. Yeah, on most teams, yeah. But back to the coaching thing, yeah, I think Popovich and Brad Stevens are the only two. I can't, I can't I, think of anybody else. And I think the, I shouldn't say, I won't say only reason, but I think the main reason Brad is even like that is because his team is so young. Right. I think if he didn't have all nineteen-year-olds, he may have a leader on the court too. But you know, you know, Horford is, has been the leader on the court in the playoffs. But and Kyrie's this is not who Kyrie is because Kyrie really does, on the court Kyrie doesn't play like a leader. He doesn't play for everyone. Yeah. He plays for himself, and you know if you if you're there, you're there. But <laughs> you're Kyrie's, along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, along for the ride. Exactly. Which mean which means spectating him like fucking people up. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, if anyone, it would be Horford. But I agree with you. I think Brad is the leader of that team. I think Horford is the closest thing to it, but he's he's just not there. Horford's also really quiet. You know, speaks yeah. all perfect English and stuff. You can't be a leader and speak perfect English. <laughs> you know what I mean. I got you. Yeah, you don't have any fire to how he talks and stuff. But, uh, yeah. There's something else I was going to bring up. We were talking about. When oh, is the oh. um? When oh. is the official day that they trade Dwight? Is it July? July first is free agency, right? Okay, so it's like at that point they could officially trade him. I think so. Yeah. All right, got you. But what was your uh, your question? Um, the draft. The draft is tomorrow. So the draft uh, is tomorrow. Yeah. So let's let's give a brief you know i not i guess not what's the opposite of a recap you know pre-cap preview <laughs> yeah pre let's give a brief preview to the draft what do you think who's going number one i deandre who, who do you think should go number one who who's the best player in the draft who will be the best pro in the draft in your opinion oh man I'm not gonna lie to you, I was not ready for that specific question because I really gotta like think about everybody. Um, 
I do think Bagley has the potential to be more productive. Yeah, who who do you think Bagley's game would be like in the league? Hmm? I, I've, Bagley, what kind of game do you think he would have? Like, what player right now do you think would Bagley be most like? Because I've had that, I've had this discussion with a lot of different people, and um, you know, I have a take on it, but for some reason, no one else has my take. But you know, you never know. Right. What do you think? I had somebody pictured when I was watching him play this year. How did I forget? A star? Um, no, but the player, the comparison is not a star. Okay. The comparison is um. And bear with me. Uh, it's Donatus Monte Yunus. Monte. Wow. Now, <laughs> you definitely wait, have to explain. Wait. <laughs> <You have to laughs> explain. <laughs> you played one year, then refused to take the physical or something. Never pass the physical. Listen, look. the The tools, the tools are the same to me. You know what I mean? Where he's he's skilled. He could be a perimeter threat. Uh, he has mo- he uh, he's a little raw when it comes to like moves on the block, but he can make things happen. I think I th- I liked watching. Uh, at times, I thought his motor was a little inconsistent. Are you talking about Bagley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I see that. But the thing is, like, his ability to shoot is, I think, a little bit ahead of uh, Aiton. And Aiton, I think, shot better percentage-wise. But I think shooting better in terms of percentage is uh, overrated in terms of, like, telling you who the best shooter is. So, uh, Yeah, because Aiton also had, and shout-out to my boy because we were really good friends at one point. Aiton also played with Alonzo. And Alonzo was, you know... A fucking drug... Or PED abuser, but yeah, go ahead. He's also a volume shooter. Yeah. So if Aiton, Aiton rarely took more shots than Alonzo. Anyone, no one, everyone rarely took more shots than Alonzo, you know? So, you know, but Bagley was the star, was the best player on Duke. And although Aiton might be the best player, he wasn't the lead, he wasn't supposed to be the leading scorer of Arizona. Because was Alonzo. Because Alonzo can do nothing else but score, and that's his job. So I, I think that the percentage w- would be pretty misleading because Bagley, I, I would think, took the majority of the shots for um, Duke. You know, Grayson took a lot of shots some games, but Bagley was the guy, was the go-to guy for sure on the team. And I think Alonzo was probably the go-to guy on Arizona. You know it. For scoring, for scoring, Aiton was definitely the most skilled player, but the go-to guy was Alonso. So, yeah, the field goal percentage probably would be misleading in that case. I agree. So, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> Moda Yunus is the guy. It's not. It's it's just the <laughs> skill set is similar. I think he could be a lot more of consistent and last a lot longer. So, so what's his ceiling? His ceiling. Yeah, who is who is this? 
Who is his ceiling in the league? His ceiling is Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Okay. I see that. And I think he has the tools to be a better defender, so it's almost like a better Carl Anthony Towns. Right. I gotcha. So, and I don't think he's going to like... Because if you look at it, Carl Anthony Towns is kind of like sulks when he doesn't get touches. I don't think Bagley's going to be that. No. I hope, I hope he's not that. But I think it would take some time for him to get like that. Right, but yeah, I, I think that's that's a good comparison. I think is Carl uh, Anthony Towns. And what do you Well, Monty mostly because he's left-handed and he's seven feet, like a true seven feet. Right, right, yeah. I forgot about the lefty. There's not a lot of lefties. You know, well, Bosch. I think he's a little bit Bosch. Okay, okay, I'm I'm with you on that. I think I think Bosch is a good. It's definitely a good one, especially the way Bosch shot threes. I think will probably be how Bagley shoots threes. You um, think he'll like develop it as he goes further into his career? Well, Bosch just didn't shoot that many threes because that he just couldn't because Raptors were so bad. <laughs> it. I think when he got on Miami, Bosch needed just needed. A, yeah, he needed to spread the floor. Yeah. Yeah, because he was there. That pick and pop was there. Cause you, it's hard to pick and roll with LeBron and D Wade. Cause if you're in the, you're in the way. Right. That <laughs> a lot LeBron. of times you're in the way. Yeah. Yeah, especially the LeBron, the Miami LeBron, before he started taking all these jump shots. Cause LeBron, you know, they're going. Both of them are going to the basket. Yeah. So I, when Bosch had that pick and pop, he'd come around. He, you know, do that little curl around to the top of the key, and they dish it back, and it was cash money. At, but I, I think Bosch could always shoot threes. I just don't think he did it as much. Cause yeah, that's true. Because if he, if he was shooting threes on the Raptors, nobody was getting the rebound. <laughs> there was no one else down there <laughs> except for him. You know? Yeah, the Raptors were pretty bad at that point. But um, yeah. I think I think the only difference for me, um, I think Bosch was very skilled. Uh-huh. And it's almost like people forget that. Bosch had a, he had a skilled face-up game. He had a skilled post-game. Yeah, absolutely. Bosch was... People do forget that because he was on the Heat. But Bosch was one of the... He might have been the best power forward in the league at one point. Maybe not, like, throughout the whole year. But he had flashes where he, he was yeah, the best power forward. I could, I could see that, yeah. Yeah, he did. Definitely. I, I really liked... Um, I, I, yeah, I liked I liked what he brought. And I thought, I thought in Miami, he... He basically became a... Um, like let me do what it takes to win. Absolutely. Which which I think Kevin Love is not quite grasping. Right. But that's another like I said it's another uh you know <laughs> off topic conversation for another day. Yeah, Bosch was a much um I think Bosch also was a willing defender. Bosch would just go out there and check anybody he yeah. needed to. Whether he could whether he could and or not. He he, he couldn't check Dirk. No. And it cost them a finals. Yeah, right. But, but he, you know, he, he tried. Go out there. Yeah. Right. Love just won't. If Love no. gets switched off on someone he can't check, he's just not going out there. Love Love gave us one possession of defense in the biggest stage. That's it. Yeah. It won. Shout out to Love for, for getting a stop on the greatest shooter of all time. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back to the draft. Yeah, Bagley. I, I like. I think Bagley has the potential to be better than Aiton. I do too. I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, it's funny. Like I say that, but I don't have an issue with the Suns taking Aiton at number one. Yeah. For the Suns, they need something right now. And I don't know if Bagley would be good right now. But I know Aiton will still give you 10 rebounds right, right now. Right, because he's, he's, just so he's big, built. So yeah, he's yeah. ready. He's physically ready. He's Yeah, he's physically ready right this second. So I, I, I would think that that's why I would say I'm cool with the Suns picking him first because that's what they need something immediately. <laughs> you know, they need a bandage. You know, and I, I think Bagley... Um, you know, he's more like a stitches kind of guy where, you know, over time he'll get, he'll get you right over time. But yeah. yeah. I, um, so you think Bagley has the best potential in the draft? Does he have the best potential? As a big man, I would say, yeah. So you're saying that someone has better potential, not a big man? Um, as a, I mean, I just it's just separate, you know, for me. Yeah, yeah. In terms of guards, who would I take? Um, I like, I like um, Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. He's a little small. Yeah. Well, how t- he's actually no, he's six three, so he's really not that small. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Um, For some short, reason, but he's not very heavy. I watched him in the tournament. And I thought he was like barely six feet. Oh no, he's he's definitely but, over six. Nah, feet. Yeah, he's six three, which is good. Um, yeah, and I liked what I saw, like man. I saw him maybe like five times. Uh-huh. And granted, I got lucky. I caught like every game I saw was a good game for him because mm-hmm. I knew he had around the same time that uh, Trey Young was struggling. He he started struggling at that point too. But then, he, then he Except picked for when they played Trey, <laughs> right? And yeah. but then he also picked it up in the tournament, yeah. Uh, which I think helped his stock a lot. But right, yeah, I think he he's got a really good motor. So at the very, I think worst, he could be like a Patrick Beverly knockoff. Okay. And at best, I mean, his jump shot is you know I don't know how consistent it'll be, but at best he could be like a. Um, What's like a what's like a guard who just comes in, like a Nate Robinson? I don't know about all that. I don't know if he's I don't know if he'll score that much, but he'll have that same like type of game where Spot you'll plug kind of game. yes yes okay. that's exactly yeah, yeah, the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah 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 I get what you're saying. And and outside of that I I don't see, this this draft is not not the the guards are kind of suspect. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Collins just as suspect as all those other guys that you could talk about. Trey Young. Yeah, Tra- Trey kind of got a raw deal this year to me, because this team is absolutely terrible. He he probably had the worst team in the whole tournament. They made the tournament, right? I think he had the worst team in the tournament. Like with him not on the team, they they would get beat by every team in the tournament. They would probably wouldn't even make the NIT. Exactly. They would be one of the worst teams in their conference without him on the team. So I think that a lot of people thought, you know, he turns the ball over 
and he's taking a lot of bad shots. But when he did pass, they would miss so many easy shots, and it would make him. It would look so bad. I would almost rather him shoot air balls than pass it to the other guys for them to shoot air balls. You you would rather have your best shooter shooting an air ball than someone who can't shoot at all just jacking up air balls because Trey's not getting rebounds. He's five. 10. Right, right. So, you know, I, I think he kind of got a raw deal with how it looked, because it looked worse. But when you look at his team, you know, Sexton had two other top 100 te- players on his team. Uh, going in this year, he had two other top 100 players, and Oklahoma had zero. And, and you know, Trey was the only one. Only All-American. Uh, Colin also had two other... Those guys were All-Americans. So, you know, I think that it looked really bad for Trey, but he had nothing to play with at all. Even the passes he threw, some of them were probably good NBA passes, but they just can't catch them because they're just not, that's just not, they're not the kind of players to catch those passes. I just, my issue with Young is, um, my issue with Young is he's really small, like slim frame. Yeah, he is definitely. I, and I you look at it. Stayed. You look at it. Um, Steph Curry has a slim frame, and he's he's not even that slim anymore, and he's still struggling to guard like seventy percent of his matchups. Yeah. And Trey Young is going to go to a pro. He's he's projected to go what like five to ten. Yeah. None of those teams. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe the Cavs. Well, no. None of those teams can afford to hide him. Oh, okay. I see. You see what I mean? Like, where the Warriors are so, like, stacked that Steph can hide on, like, an Andre Roberson or, a, or any other non-offensive threat. Well, you got to look at when Steph came in, though. When Steph was a rookie. They had Monte and who else? That was, that was after the We Believe... Was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 2009, 10, something like after that. After all of them, after they disbanded, right? They all went all over the place, and Barron was gone, and Matt Barnes was gone. That team was so fire, but okay, anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, after they left, they, it was just Monte and Steph. It was like no one else on the team. So I, I think, you know, they had the same kind of problem with Steph. Steph couldn't guard anybody, he got his ankles broken. <laughs> yeah, that's literally. Yes, he did. Yeah, so I think Trey may need time maturing. That's why I thought maybe he should have stayed in college. But I like, I like, I'm. See, I agree with you that he needs time maturing. But I'm against the idea he should have stayed because I look at it from the perspective of like, what would I do if I was in that situation? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Oklahoma's roster probably is not going to get better. Yeah. Could he really? Could he really have had a better year? Like, and you look at it. He goes into next year. Yeah, he's a little bit better as a player because you know he put in a ton of work, whatever. But the defense is already for him now. Yeah, but even if he didn't play next year, I think it would have gave him more maturity going in. Because I think, like I said, I think this year he got such a raw deal. I, I don't believe that. I mean, they might not have got better, but I think that they could have gotten better knowing that they have Trey. You don't think anyone would want to go play with Trey coming in this year if they knew um, Trey was staying? Maybe a couple, couple guys. I don't know. 
yeah, they said, look, we, we have the best point guard in the country. All we need is a big man. You know, we want you, you're seven foot, whatever. And they got one of the best big men in the, in the you know, in the class. They, I mean, I, they could have, but I'm not saying that he should have stayed hoping to, like, win a championship or hoping to get his draft stock right. I'm just saying I think he should have stayed and got himself right. Because rarely have guys his size went one and done and been successful. Yeah, no, I... Rarely. I do I do like the potential though. He definitely has potential. Absolutely, yeah. I, I do like what he could do. Yeah. It, you know, a lot of the stuff comparisons are not are bothering him, but I think he's I think he's already a better uh, f- a court like uh I think he already has better court vision than Steph does. Steph did at that point or Steph does right now. I think Steph does right now. I don't know about that. It may, maybe. Granted, I'm a, again. I didn't get to see a lot of his bad games. Um, I, I saw maybe his first three, uh, like the, like the first three games I saw were all you know in that first half of the year when he was you know going crazy. You talking about Trey? Yeah. Yeah. And then I only saw. I saw his last tournament game, and then I saw maybe one other game where he only had like maybe fifteen or something. But yeah, and he, you know, of course he took a lot of shots. And yeah, like you said, watching him, I completely understand because they're not good. They're really bad. The rest of the team, and, and yeah, he maybe he does a better court vision. He just doesn't have guys to get the ball to like Steph does. Right. Because Steph, I mean, he really passes helps. to two of the greatest shooters ever. Yeah, I was so, gonna say, really, yeah. how good does the pass to Clay have to be? Right, <laughs> it just has to get to his hands. <laughs> yeah. And my problem is he still finds a way to turn the ball over a ton, which makes me skeptical. But about his like greatness as a point guard. Right, he's a great player that plays point guard. Right, I there you say go. He's a great point guard. There's there's so many guys like that though. But anyway, um, That's in terms of the draft, we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of topics for another day. In terms of the draft, uh, what other top ten guys are there to talk about? What, what do you think of Michael Porter Jr.? You're scared of the injuries, I'm assuming? No, I'm I'm not worried about the injuries. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. could be... I think he could be very good. I, I think... I, and this is kind of like how you said about Bagley. I see him being Lamar Odom-esque. I think he's going to shoot more than Lamar Odom, better shooter. But when I say Lamar Odom-esque, I mean someone at his size. I think he's one of those guys that could get the rebound and bring it up court. Like he'll he just do, he could just do everything. That's what I liked about Odom. He could, he could do anything that you like really needed. Exactly. That's how he I could, feel. Yeah, he could space Porter. the floor. He could knock down shots. You know, he could make plays. Right. He could get in there and fight for boards. Yeah, and he can run the break right. with the ball. Right. I think Porter could be like that. And I'm not saying that's a ceiling because I think he probably could be better. I mean, you, I did you hear his self-proclaimed uh, comparisons? Did you say Durant? He's a, he's a mix of Giannis and Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, he's a big Durant fan also, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
we'll, I, we'll get to my take on Durant one day too. So I, oh, for sure. <laughs> anyway, I see Lamar Odom. I don't care what he sees. <laughs> Everybody sees something different. <laughs> I, but I think early he could be Lamar Odom early. I think he could be better okay. eventually, but early. No, I like he that. Could be that guy. Yeah, Lamar Odom esque. I'm trying. Yeah, I I, I'm a little. I'm really a little. Like ner- I'm a little more nervous on the injuries than you are, but. Yeah. I I don't know. I just think I just think the fact that it was a back injury is what really freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Back injuries have really um but, well the scouts have done a good job of turning away from the back injuries in the past. Like Sullinger, who was a great great college player, you know, as soon as they said he had back injuries, you know, they were done with him. The NBA, they were like, yeah, that's nah, true. we're not gonna take because Cylinder was like number one pick, good, like how yeah, his performance in college, top five easily. His performance, I'm not okay. saying like how good he was, but okay. how good he played in college. He no, he he had much. a very good, yeah, he was he had a good yeah. year. So I, I think a um, couple good years. Yeah, I think as soon as they said that back issue though, they were they were out of there, knee and back. And they said. Long lasting, they were done. Now he's on like that icy hot commercial with Shaq. <laughs> so, you know. Okay. Have you you didn't see it? He was really. In, are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Shaq, Shaq is talking. They like show flashes of different athletes, and they show him in the gym, like in the locker room. You got the mohawk, and you you can see him is back. Wow. Yeah, it's it's him. So, you know. Is I think that if the scouts aren't worried about it, I'm not gonna be worried about it because they've okay, done a good job. That's other a good times. way to look at it. What about a couple of the guys? Uh, yeah, the Bamba, Pamba. Yeah, and the Knicks. The Knicks talking about getting Bamba, and I think he's gonna go. What pick do the Knicks have? Um, they're trading. They're trying to trade up. Oh, okay. Because he's, I think he's going to the top five with all the hype around him. Yeah, but I don't, do you believe the hype around him? Have you seen, you didn't see him play? Not at all. Yeah, I saw him play a couple games. And, I mean, he's big, but he's another guy that I just don't think is going to do anything right now. Not immediately. And me, you know, for me, the Knicks, Lord knows we need something right now. I, I can see if we get him and we trade him off, or we trade cancer, or something. We need to do something. But y'all need guards, though. That's what I'm saying. So why do we? Why are we getting Bamba? We already have. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Who might be the best second? You know, top five over seven foot players in the league. Talking about and, unicorn. Yeah, and we're yeah, man, another, he's he's really good. And we're gonna get another over seven foot to do what? Well, I think Porzingis allows you to have another uh, know, but, guy like that. I know, but what what are we gonna use Bomba for? He's we, he has like no reason to be on offense if we catch have lobs. Yeah, you think he's gonna catch a lob and finish over someone like who weighs eighty pounds more than he does like every other center in the league? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, look, everybody got flaws, and he has quite a few of them. But 
That's what I'm. That's, I'm just saying. I don't know what he's gonna do right now. Eventually, I, I see, think I see Capella in him. Eventually, okay. okay. I see. I see that eventually, but you know, for my team, I'm impatient. You know, most people are. I want my team to be. I want the Knicks to be good right now. And if they get him right now, I know we're not gonna be good right now. Let's let's be honest. Your team is uh is hopeless. Who would you? All right. How about this? How about this? At the you have the ninth pick. Assuming you don't trade up, who would you want to take? Porter. Porter. Okay, that's reasonable. He might. He might still be there. If he's there, I want Porter. Yeah, he's projected to go a little earlier than that. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still there. I would trade up for Porter. I wouldn't trade up for Bamba. Okay. Because I I think we could get a free agent to do what Bamba does. That's what I. That's my thinking. I don't think any free agent does what Porter does, or even what Trey does. But I think we can trade up. I mean, if we're gonna trade up, we should get something that we can't get in free agency. Not, you know. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. Porter is like the only guy that would be something that can help us in multiple ways, and Bomb only helps us in one way, and that's. Probably defense. That's the only thing he does much better than everyone else we can get. And that's, you know, block shots. If he comes in right in blocking shots. Like I said, he could be Capella eventually, but I don't know if he's going to come in right away. A defensive threat. It's always hard to gauge those, like, pure athlete prospect bigs. Yeah. I mean, but guys like him, yeah, it is. He's projected to go to the Mavericks at five. So what about? I don't even know who this Jaron Jackson. Oh yeah, Jaron Jackson. He's I, tough. How did I forget him? From Michigan State. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause I noticed Bridges, but how did I not notice this guy? Well, Jaron Jackson, he is not. He's someone that they would be drafting. Um, for potential as well. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it then. I'm tired of that shit. Because he, I mean, he's has great hops, great athleticism. But that's really it, to be honest. And, and I, like, I think he's good, but I don't know. Right away in the league, I don't see, you know, Bryce Johnson. Like, <laughs> oh. remember Bryce Johnson? <laughs> that's what, that's what I see from him. I, I think he could be better. Well, that's not a good sign, man. But I'm just saying right out the gates. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, maybe even like Bam from uh, Kentucky. The out of bio? Yeah. Okay. He might come in and get some vicious dunks, but I don't think he's he's not gonna he's not gonna give you ten points a game as a rookie. If he does, I'll be impressed. But based off my my eyes right now, I don't I don't see that. I think it'll. I think it'll borderline be a wasted pick, to be honest. That early, that early. Okay. What about a uh, real quick? Um, I guess we haven't talked about uh, Doncic. Yeah, he he can play. He's he's the real deal as far as what they think he can do. I just don't know if his athleticism is ready yeah. for the NBA. Yeah. Rudy Fernandez still like starts on his team <laughs> and Rudy Fernandez is, got surpassed 
athletic athletically in the NBA. That's Rudy why, that's Fernandez why. had a good couple years. He had a great couple years, but I'm saying when he left, he was getting to the point where he just couldn't compete athletically anymore because that yeah. was his game. And like I said, he still starts or he still gets a lot of minutes for um, Doncic, Doncic's team. So you know, those are the kind of guys. He's like 38. <laughs> Rudy Fernandez is up there. He's still. not 38, dude. <laughs> he's he's in his 30s. Okay, I get that. But. He's old for the NBA, playing well, yeah. really good minutes there. I, I, I'm overall, I'm just saying, I don't know if Doncic will be able to um, adjust to the NBA athletic players that would play his position. Okay. They, they're wanting him to come in and be like point guard. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Laterally, he's not very fast. You know, the moves he makes are usually based off his athleticism because he's six seven, and just like runs guys over, kind of like, um, you know, Ben Simmons in a way. But Ben is just way more faster, right? And um, wait, he's way faster, and he's, you know, got more finesse than Doncic. I, I don't know. I think he could be good, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna be. It's kind of the Euro guys. It's kind of hard to gauge. Are wild cards, yes. They are wild cards, yeah. Except for like the Greek freaks who are like freaks, right? <laughs> Seven foot. And right, and um, I'm player. I'm gonna. You're a little more versed on college guys than I am, especially like the NBA prospects. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you a personal uh, concern. What do you think of Lonnie Walker the fourth? <laughs> because he is projected to go to my team. I think he would be good for the Wizards. I think he he could be because he is that he's good at everything, but he's not really good at anything. So I, I think he's good. He's good in like he's a good defender, a good shooter, a good scorer, very athletic, but he's not like great at anything. NBA, he's not like NBA good at anything. So I, I think that he's one of those guys that could easily be molded. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I think when you have someone like that and you say, well, you're good at shooting, but you need to be great at shooting and you're going to be a shooter. I think that's kind of how Danny Green was. When Danny Green came in, right, right. he had like no specialty, but then they gave him a specialty. They I think, molded him into a shooter? Yeah, I think Lonnie is like that. Because I watched Miami play every game this year, you know. That's mm-hmm. home for me. Right. But, um, yeah, he... I think he's good at everything, yeah. Athletically, he's NBA, NBA ready. He's super fast. His hops are ridiculous. You know, I think he'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's someone to worry about. I don't, I don't know how quick you guys okay. will use him, knowing your coach... But I, I think he could be good. He could be good. He may be on the bench and go to another team and be a superstar. <laughs> like Scott Brooks has done in the past. <laughs> on like four separate occasions on the same team. That's, that's about to be uh, Kelly Oubre. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oubre. I'm, I'm anticipating a big jump from Oubre. Yeah, I am too. I think Oubre will be a starter on the team soon. I think you guys will probably get rid of Gortat or Morris and um, 
or move move one of them to the bench and have Porter play in the four with Ubre at the three. Have like a young, young kind of small, more versatile lineup. Because Morris is so inconsistent shooting, and Porter, I think Porter. At Morris the- is in. God, dude, I don't want to get into the Wizards, man. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that off air. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about this? Uh, since I, I, is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to the draft? No, no, I'm just I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. That's all. We can move on. I'm ready. I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it, think this draft is gonna suck, especially with how fire the draft was last year. The draft last year was fire, and the next year is supposed to be really fire too. How about how about this? Do you see a Donovan Mitchell sleeper? Um, um, anywhere? Yeah, the kid I said, I forgot his name again. From um, Kansas. Malik Newman. Malik okay, Newman. Malik Newman. Dude, he's not even projected to go in the top 30. If I, Like I said, I don't know if he's still going or not. Okay, yeah, is, yeah. If he is, I think he's, um, he's my sleeper, yeah. I think he's my sleeper. Because... He can just score, man. I, I I know he's not very tall. He's six three, six four, but I mean he's just a scoring machine. He can score so nicely, so smooth for that um, for his age. Not right. his age, but you know, for a college guard, the way he scores is very easy. Okay. And I think it translates. It'll translate to the NBA because a lot of times, you know, he wouldn't get calls in college that I, he probably will get in the NBA. For sure. And. You know, I, I just think he's scoring wise. I think he's NBA ready, but I could be totally wrong. He could be terrible, but I think he, I'd, for a sleeper, he's my sleeper. Yeah. And then I I gotta give a shout out to my boy uh, Dante Grantham from Clemson. I grew up playing him in eighth grade. He got hurt this year, but um, it was seventh grade. It was we played against each other. But he got hurt this year and didn't finish the year, but um, he's been working out with teams. And I think he could be a sleeper, too. He's like 6'9", plays every position, kind of like a Kyle Anderson, I would oh, say. Okay. Slow-mo. Yeah. Shout-out to slow-mo. Yeah, shout-out to slow-mo. I, I would see him, because in seventh grade, he played point guard. Then all of a sudden, like I guarded him in seventh grade. Then all then of a sudden, he, he grew. Crazy growth spurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it feel. A lot of these guys. He started center as a senior in high school, so he was like that. It was that crazy with growth spurt. Now he's six nine, so he's used to playing point guard. That's why I see Kyle Anderson in in him. If he gets a shot, I I read that he's get getting um summer summer league shots just because he was injured all year. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, man. If you get a chance, you show up, you play the right way. Boom, contract. Yeah, so I, I gotta say him as one of my sleepers too. I think, I, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't, I won't say Alonzo as my sleeper. I, Alonzo, I love you, man, but nah, <laughs> I don't see, mm. not a sleeper. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so Malik and and Dante Grantham, those are my two. I'll I'll keep an eye out for those guys. Yeah. Cause I'm I I don't know if I I'm pretty sure I told you, but I am trying to. Maybe not. Maybe not watch because the games are in the afternoon a lot of the time. Yeah. But at least follow like who's playing well, who's you know looking good, who's looking bad. Oh, for for, for the summer league. 
Oh, summer league. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just players in general, because you know a lot of the time, some guys that have been around in the G League for a while come out and make a name for themselves. So yeah, like you remember Wayne Seldon. Yeah. Wayne Seldon was nice in college, and then summer league he comes in and eats every year. He's on the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, but he, he just doesn't play that good in the league. But Summer League somehow... Did he have a 30-point game late in the year? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I want to say yeah. he did because I remember like I noticed it. I was like, oh, shout-out to Selden for... After they shut everybody down? Hey, man, it still it still takes... Yeah, You still got to be like that to get 30. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. You do. You do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was a fluke, but I'm just saying... I'm asking you, was that when you saw him? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, let's get to these these top fives we were talking about. All right, yeah. So what I wanted to do for the listeners is since this is our first official episode, I wanted to cover a few of our uh, favorites, favorite at, favorite basketball players, favorite uh, artists, and also go into who's who's on top. Yeah. Top rap, top artists, top yes. uh, basketball players. It's a good thing we do our favorites, too, because from now on, when we talk about people, you understand our passions, and you'll know, you know, how we feel about certain people. We're, we're always pretty unbiased when it comes to artists, but, you know, you guys will know now, from now on, when we might be biased, just in case, you know. Yep. Yeah. So. You, probably, you probably heard it at this point. Uh, I'm very biased when it comes to the Washington Wizards. And when we when we predict our preseason, uh, you know, championship contenders, the Wizards will be there. <laughs> yes, they will. They will be in his top five. So uh, anyway, beside the point. Yeah. So you go. You start. Which one you want to do? Top uh, five I guess, players. I guess let's go players. Do you want to go? You want me to cover my top five first? Because I wrote it down just so I have like a. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't know. Uh, so at five, I'll put Father Time, D Wade, and oh I wanna God. I wanna say that D Wade for a long time was my favorite player. Mm-hmm. I would say from 2009 to probably probably when he cooked Charlotte. I think in 20. I don't know. I think it was the, the two years after LeBron left. Mm-hmm. Remember when they got out of the first round? Anyway. Yeah. Because um, D Wade went crazy in Game Six. The year before he went to the went to Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I got you. He did go crazy. Uh, up up until that point, I remember because you know I was sitting in in a uh, unnamed school in North Carolina and <laughs> and heard a lot of people <laughs> screaming and it really satisfied me. But anyway. Um. At number four, well, a little bias here, but I really like him. Is Bradley Beal? Uh huh. I like I, I really like how he's grown as a player. Um, you know, uh, he he has flaws. He has sometimes he's a little inconsistent. He maybe he needs to get to the free throw line a little more often. But I just like his game. Also a major Bradley Beal fan. I just like how he he plays. He has good chemistry with Gortat when they do that little like handoff pick and roll thing. Yeah. Um, they 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 work really well off each other. Beal 
yeah, man, he's just been he's been ready since he got drafted, and I didn't get to see him, so he came out of nowhere for me. Uh, yeah, and he's gotten better, which I really like. Okay. I just really like guys that get better. Yeah. Because it's sh- like that means they're dedicated to their what they're doing. But anyway, um, number three is pure entertainment, and he's my favorite player to watch. But speaking of flaws, he does have a lot of them, and that would be Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I like the intro. I like that. How the issue is he's he's he goes in my top five because he's must see. He is definitely to One me. The there's exciting players. In the he league. is more exciting than any other. Not by far, because there's you know there's some other guys that uh, that are really exciting. But yeah, man, just. The way he plays is so, like, passionate. He's always super hyped. He makes... And I really like... You can watch him play, like, the Sacramento Kings. And he makes you feel that he... Like, he wants to do everything it takes to win. Yeah. He makes He's one of those way, yeah. bring, bring it every game type of guys, which is really cool. But Yeah. At number two, uh, I don't know if you knew that I like this guy so much because I talk. I don't really talk about him as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might catch you off guard, but Jimmy Butler. <laughs> There's not much to talk about. I'm a big, not I'm in a, a big, bad way, but he just yeah. I'm, I'm a big so fan, but I like I like how he plays. He, I think he was a huge. Re- he really showed me good things in Minnesota, man. Yeah, he did. He's very, he, very he came in there, and there was all these questions about who's going to be the guy. Because coming into the year, people didn't know that, you know, people thought maybe Carl Anthony Towns is taking the next step. Maybe Wiggins is breaking out. But Jimmy Butler came in there and played like an MVP candidate. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, And he was a... He was a he was probably the the biggest reason for why they, you know, ended the playoff drought. Yeah. And if he, if he hadn't gotten hurt before the playoffs, I think they could have pu- they could have pushed uh, Houston to seven. Yeah, I think they would have been a higher seed too. Yeah, and they could have played a better matchup. So. Yeah. Anyway, and um. Well, considering I'm such a Wizards fan, there's you could probably guess my number one. Yeah, John Wall. Five deep, John Wall. Yeah, man, he's he's just he, he became he became my favorite when he signed that contract extension. Uh huh. Because I didn't know how much he loved being in D.C., but the fact that he does love being in D.C. Makes me appreciate him that much more. Yeah, you gotta be. Especially with everything. (laughs) Especially with everything that's going on with guys like Durant, you know, all these guys moving and fucking not being loyal and shit. Yeah. Having a guy that you know is. Right. Especially when you have options. Right. Yeah, I'm with you, definitely. (laughs) And yeah, he's a great player, man. He's, he's He's a rare, true point guard. Very rare. Um, he, he, you know, he, he also, again, all these guys have flaws. Uh, Wall's shooting is inconsistent as usual. Maybe because he shoots like a fucking grandpa, but whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man, but he's really exciting. He he just he has these moments when he'll just take over the game, and the way he takes over is Westbrook esque. Yeah, when he, but it'll yeah when he does a lot of the time more often a lot of the time it's it's Westbrook esque when it's scoring, but he also does he'll also take over by like creating you know. He'll facilitate Otto Porter getting 10 straight points or Bradley Beal getting 10 straight points. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, he'll get Gortat back-to-back and ones or something like that. So, yeah. He's just a good point guard. All right. That's, a that's good my point. five. I give an honorable mention to Lou Williams. <laughs> give an honorable mention to... The, the King. Who am I missing? LeBron? No, fuck LeBron. It's like, I like LeBron, but he, he's not going in my time. Oh, honorable mention to um, Damian Lillard, who probably shouldn't mention him considering what he did in the playoffs, but... I will. He's in my five, so... All right. I'll, we'll get to Damian. Um, so, <laughs> my at number five, and this might be... might sound crazy to some, but he made me... A fan this year, and it's your. It's it's all subjective. It's your favorite, so I, I'm gonna go with Donovan Mitchell. Is my fifth this year. I, I mean, like you know, it. Going into this year, at least, I mean, he he did everything. I mean, whatever it takes to win, he's willing to do it, and you gotta love that in a player, especially someone only 20 years old, doing that. Like, you know, dunk contest champion. It doesn't phase him. The fame doesn't phase him. He's just all about doing whatever whatever it takes for his team to win, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. I like how he plays. Um, yeah, Don, Donovan is my fifth. Um, I really like um, I really like the, the potential of, um, like, what he could improve on after this year. Yeah. Like, maybe a little more of a mid-range game. Yeah. I think, yeah, man, he has the potential to be a, probably the best shooting guard in the game, honestly. And he has potential to be one of the. He has potential to be must watch. Basketball. Yeah, he is must watch as far as I'm concerned. The way he finishes the dunks, the you know, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna harp. The on ability to take over is a big thing too. Major at this at his age. Yeah. Um, then I'm also gonna go with Bradley Beal as my number four. Okay. Yeah, you know I like it. I've I've always been a big Florida basketball fan anywhere in Florida. I was born in Florida. Um, and Bradley, man, I followed Bradley. I mean, as soon as he came to Florida, I loved him. I, I was a big fan. I've been a big fan all through this time. Like Mike said, the way he's improved, the way he's become such a facilitator at the two guard was just, I've never seen. I'm, I said before, and I told Mike this, I, I don't know if I've seen someone improve at so many things like Bradley Beal has. You know, just the way he's came in as a you know, they compared him to Ray Allen in the draft. And now like the stuff he does is just way past Ray Allen and as far as his complete game. He's become a great defender, he's become a great passer, you know, John misses games, he's running the point. He's you know, it, you know, if you guys watch basketball, you know this. Bradley Beal is you know, he's a different kind of guy. He is. Um, so, yeah, he's my fourth. Um, third. Third, I'm going to go with Paul George is my third. 
Oh, dude, I'm roasting you for that. Paul George is my third, and I've liked Paul George since he came to the league. He's been the underdog. He's faced a lot of adversity, uh, a lot of drama off the court. Obviously, the leg injury, the gruesome leg injury. If you haven't seen it, go I look do, it up. I do give him credit, man. He That's a hard injury to come back from. Viewer discretion is advised. It's hard. I wouldn't even recommend watching it, man. <laughs> it's scary. Just it's know scary. he fucked his foot up really badly. Yeah, con- both bones in his leg. It was ugly. But he came back. He overcame. You know, he last year on the Pacers, he was kind of. It kind of had to be a one-man army a lot of times, and I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that. But um, he came to this team and he's adjusted to. Playing with Westbrook, which has notoriously been hard for most players. Every player. Uh, yeah, for every player. Except maybe players. like Ennis Cantor. Right, yeah, and Adams. Right. Yeah, so, you know, for wing players, it's been hard. And yeah. Paul George did a good job this year. I feel like for a first time playing with Westbrook, I thought he did a good job. Okay. And I hope he leaves. And I, I like when he's the star and he takes more shots and, you know, takes a good... The same amount of shots per game, which is a lot of shots. I like that, seeing him do that. But I don't know if it's going to happen or not. So, uh, anyway, that's I like Paul George a lot. What about, uh, what do you got to say about him getting outplayed by uh, Joe Ingles? But, like I said, I don't, I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> a lot more to say about Paul <laughs> George today. <laughs> Everybody has a bad night, I got you. Yeah, but I also was rooting for Donovan too that night, so okay. it, was, it was hard. It was it was uh, it was hard. Um, second, my second favorite player. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Demarcus Cousins, and the reason why I like Demarcus Cousins, which I, you know, I also don't talk about him much either, and that's because he's hurt. He's hurt right now, but I like Cousins because. I like big men that can do everything, and Cousins really can do everything. Yeah. I think he has, I think he has a almost an unlimited ceiling as far as his game. Just the way, how good he can shoot now is ridiculous. Yeah, he, his talent, man. He's probably the most talented big man. Yeah, I think overall he's the most. <sighs> and when I say this, I don't mean like he does it all the time, but potential. I think he's the most unstoppable potential-wise player outside yeah. of LeBron, because there's just nothing he can't do. There's no no player you can put on him that will that can totally neutralize his game. And Davis is similar, but Cousins is so much bigger and stronger. He's I don't know if he's a better three-point shooter or not. It's he just doesn't take that much to. I hope. That, but you know, it's funny. Yeah, me too. But I hope not not just that he comes back good, but I hope they figure out how to play together like completely. Yeah. Cuz they like you talking about potential for cousins. If they figure out how to play together, man, they could be unstoppable. I know that. I and if they put what. some if they put some smart and like you know, guys who could hit shots and you know, play some defense, I man, they could be scary good. They get a role Small forward. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, a quality be. small forward. They could be scary. Yeah. Because um, Holiday just came into his own too. So. Yeah, and I, and we'll touch more about 
possibility of teams probably went during free agency. I think we'll probably have a podcast about, you know, what could happen to teams. We'll probably yeah. go through all the teams or something like that. And um, my number one favorite player is Damian Lillard. He's my favorite player. Um, Man, this playoffs run has not been good for your your one yeah, and three. It's been terrible. It's been terrible for all my all my uh, yeah. favorite players, but except Mitchell. But um, Lillard, I like Lillard because uh, he's a killer. I like killers. All my favorite players, pretty much, you know, as far as my top five historically. Are killers, and um, okay, I mean, he's lo- got that, he's got that Kobe, that Kobe thing. Yep. Yeah, I love the range. I love the clutch. You know, um, he he obviously needs help on the team. McCollum is good, but he's just not. I don't know if McCollum is the guy for Lillard. You know, but again, we'll get. I'll get into that later. But the reason I like Lillard, Lillard is because he's a killer. He can do everything as far as like offensively for. A point guard. I, I think he probably could be a better passer, but again, he doesn't have. He's passing to Mo Harkless and Evan Turner and you know Pat Connaughton. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. The supporting cast is is. He's passing awful. to Ed Davis to you know you know yeah so, Noah Vonley. <laughs> oh, all right, man. I got it, man. They're really bad. Yeah, so I think if he had help, he would get even better. But I think he's just he's just one of those guys that's just scary to play against. And I I was a point guard my whole life, and he's just one of those guys that I look up looked up to and I like a lot because you know I like point guards. So yeah, that's my five. God, I I have I like him a lot too, man. It's mostly because of that killer mentality that you're talking about. He's fun. You you never know. The game's never over. Watching Lillard, I feel yeah. like no matter what the score is, I always when you have that favorite player that's a killer, you always have that feeling inside that it's not over. And I I like players like that. Kobe was like that. You know, um, obviously there, there's guys like that. Steph is like that. LeBron, eh, more or less like that. Comes and goes like that. But you know. I like players. Yeah, my, I, I mean, my only issue with him is he could he could play a little bit better defense. Yeah. At least, and um, yeah, man, I, I know you're giving him a pass because you were shitting on his teammates, and his teammates are garbage. Don't get me wrong. And, and plus, but he he could have done more. When it comes to his defense, you look at the, his counterparts; they they're not the guy that has to guard point guards most of the time. Like, Steph never guards the best point guard on the other team. No, he doesn't. CP does sometimes, but not every time. And, um, you know, Kyrie doesn't most of the time. JR is usually guarding the best. You know, I'm just saying that there's a lot of the other really good point guards don't guard the best point guard like Lillard has to on his team. Right. No, i give you that. Yeah, so um, Lowry and CP are probably the only ones. That guard the best in wall, that guard the best point guard on the other team. Usually, it's it's the other that third guy or you know, right? The defensive specialist that that gets to check Steph, but Damian goes out there and checks Steph. So you gotta give him some credit for doing that. But I agree, you know, his defense isn't there. But I'm I'm just saying, guys like him usually don't have to have the defense he has to have. 
just because his team is cheeks. We already talked about. Yeah. So let's transition. We're gonna transition to artists now. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Just in case uh, you didn't, my favorite team is the Wizards. Tyler's favorite team is the Knicks, and you'll hear a lot about those two teams, yes. especially when we come to free agency. You probably won't hear a lot about the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, okay, I that's fair. Do much. I will talk about the Lakers because I I am a Kobe fan, and I have a I have emotions towards the Lakers. You know, Phil Jackson was a friend of my family when I was a little kid and um, I've always liked the Lakers I always rooted for the Lakers so I, I still root for the Lakers but I got you know Knicks is my whole family's from New York so the Knicks is where my my love is yeah got it yeah gotta I support the Knicks I support the Lakers too though and I really <laughs> even though I support the Lakers I don't want LeBron to go to LA well that's another we'll wait for free agency for that yep Anyway, uh, you want to go top five best players, or save that for another day? We can, we can do it quick, right? Yeah, let's, let's we can probably. It. I think we can agree on this. Okay, you go ahead then. We'll go LeBron one. Uh huh. KD two. Okay. This is this is where it gets a little challenging because Kawhi got hurt. Kawhi would have been three, but. This year. Let's go this year. <laughs> I'll go James James Harden at three. James Harden at three? Okay. This year. Okay. Do you have a better third pick? I, well, I, I would have Anthony Davis second for me. And then I... Uh, oh, dude, you got to get off the Durant thing. No, I know you... Durant would be third. Dude, you're taking okay. All right, that's. I'll put I'll put Anthony Davis at three. Okay. The only only reason I say that is because Davis not only is the best player on his team offensively, he's also like leader for defensive player of the year this year. Both sides, Davis. I but I I'm, I have I have no argument about Durant being second. I'm just saying in mine I would have okay. to be second. Durant would be third. <laughs> I'll go. I'll keep Harden at four. Then I'll drop him one spot. Uh huh. And, and I, I'll give I'll give Russ five. But it, it, it's tough because like Russ? I want to I want to throw Greek Freak somewhere in there, but there's just no room for him. I don't. Yeah, well. I put. I don't know if I put Greek Freak over Steph. Would you? Like undoubtedly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I my issue with Steph oh, is he had a better year. That's what you're saying. Sure, but my issue with Steph is, um, he's just like he plays on the perfect. My issue with all those guys is they're in like the perfect situation where they're. They're allowed. To, I just I don't like when you're allowed to have 11 points, shoot like three of 20, and like win a game. Because none of those other guys we talked about, if they if they do that, they're they're getting blown the fuck out. Durant can do that. Well, Durant, yeah, because he's on that team. Yeah. 
But Durant is Durant is like a transcendent basketball player. Curry is a transcendent shooter. I don't think he's a transcendent like outside of his shooting. His other skills are not insane like that. Okay, I'll give you that. But I don't think Greek freaks are either. I think he's transcendent athletically, and that's it. Okay, I think he's well, pretty bad at everything. You could go. You could go Curry about. at six, and I don't know if Greek freak. Greek freak's probably like ten, nine or ten. Well, then who's fifth? Who's fifth? Russ. Oh, Russ. Okay. I mean, back to back triple doubles. You know, I, it's got to count for something. We'll we'll talk about that another day too. The triple double. We will. We will. Um, yeah, I can. I guess I can roll with that for this past year. Yeah, it's Kawhi that. would be in there, but I don't know. I don't know about that. Are you serious? We'll we'll never know. He didn't play the whole year. I mean, based on the previous year, he would be. I don't know. All right, all right. Well, it's we'll hard, discuss in further it's hard detail. It's for me to even remember. At this point, I remember. I mean, of course, he's really, really, really good. But top five, I don't know. I think two way, he's definitely top five. But I don't know if he's just all around better than the five you said already. Because the year before, Westbrook would still have to be top five. But uh, Harden wouldn't have been. Harden was runner up for MVP. Yeah, but this year was a different, different Harden to me. He had a better, a lot better team too. Yeah, for sure. But he also, even though the team was a lot better, he did a lot better job of carrying them, which he did. Granted, they were good without him because, like you said, they have a good team. But when he was out there, he was carrying them. He wasn't. But I, I still, I would have the same five that we have now, even the year before. Kawhi probably would be higher, like sixth. Okay. He probably would be higher over Greek Freak. Yeah, yeah, I, for sure. I think the five, like I said, you had, you had just Westbrook and Harden were like competing for MVP that year. Davis was still a monster, obviously, and then you know LeBron and Durant were just still LeBron and Durant. Yeah, and you know, but I'll get to the Durant thing another day. Yeah, that's Maybe a that's a time. whole a topic in it of itself. Yeah. Um, All right, so I guess we got time for one more list. Okay. So let's, uh, you want to do top five projects so far? Yeah, let's do projects. And then Sunday, let's make sure we'll get to the artists versus rapper and all that stuff Sunday. Yeah, cover our top artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am interested. I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Because it, I actually, it took me a while to make that list. But anyway. Yeah. For uh, projects, took me a while too. Okay. Uh, you want to lead off with this one? No, you go. You go ahead because you got. You had the time to. Um, all right, all right. Write it down. Let me pull it up here. But I will tell you right off the bat. Uh, my least favorite project was Eminem. Quick Eminem plug. <laughs> Eminem, your top five greatest of all time, but Revival was utter shit. Okay. Uh, moving, moving on. That was last year, though, right? You no, Revival about- Revival came out this year. It did? This year? Yeah, it came out in February? Like December. No, dude, it was after December. Revival? I guess it did. Anyway, 
Yeah, December. December 15th. Stop playing. After, <laughs> December 15th. You looking at it right now? Yeah. Really Shit, alright. I'll take that one. Alright. Yeah, My I mistake. Mean, worst album of 2017. Shout out Eminem. It, it's the... Technically, it would be 18 because it's past the award, like, date. So oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they work on, like, a 11-month thing. You know, it's, well, it's 12 months, but it stops at November. So, it, it is technically this year. But, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to, again, I'm going to go backwards, 5 to 1. Okay. At number 5, I got Affected by Cause. I don't know if you heard that one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause is, uh, he's on J. Cole's. He's on Dreamville, I believe. Yeah. Um, a close friend of mine like mentioned him to me and he was like yeah this is probably my favorite project of the year and this this friend I do trust his basketball or his uh, music opinion so uh-huh. so yeah I eventually I, it took me a while though I didn't check it out when it dropped but um, yeah I checked it out maybe a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago okay and I really liked it. It's just a, there's a lot of good rapping in there. there. There's some bad songs, but there's a lot of good songs. And the the project sounds really good when you listen to it, like, from start to finish. Okay. At number four, I have T Grizzly with Activated. Okay. Now, you're, I know you're not a T Grizzly fan. I'm not, but, and I, you know, I'm not mad at it. A lot of people aren't. I get it, but he he fits that that lane that like he's that qual- he's one of those like hype garbage rappers where he's not a good like rapper, mm-hmm. but the song the songs he makes like get me amped up, and I actually. Like I spent, I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of his songs, like before I hoop or before I work out or during when I work out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, he just he's he's got good energy. I like his energy. So yeah, he he goes at four. Mm-hmm. At three, I'm putting Strem. Oh, okay. Whole thing. Uh, the whole thing is is good. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it, it doesn't age that well. Right. Because it's 27 songs. Um, uh-huh. But that's what happened with Chris Brown's album, too, so. You know. Yeah. But the, the, it's just, it's good, man. I, for, again, for what they're, what they do, they do it really well. Obviously, Sway Lee's uh, blowing up and stuff. And. Yeah, I think. I think this is Sway Lee's worst album, mm, but I think, I think you know? this is the best um, Ray Shremmerd album. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying this is his worst performance? Yes. But it's their best album. Yes. Okay. Again, I'm sh- I'm certain a lot of people won't agree to that, but again, it's my take, so fuck them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, at at number two, I got Nip. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle, Victory Lap. Very very good. Uh, first his first studio album, I think. 
Yeah. He has a ton of he has a ton of projects out. So if you if you're a fan, you know you got plenty of material. But I I wasn't a fan to be honest. I listened to uh, I think it was Crenshaw. And one other one that I can't remember the name right now. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if I can't remember the name, that means it was forgettable. So. Um, but yeah, this album, this album, you know, I heard good things, and again, it took me. A, I, I waited a few weeks to see what people were saying, which I probably shouldn't do because I don't. I actually don't like having like other people's expectations kind of set the bar for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of time to go through an album. It does. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, man, it's just good. A lot of good songs. He sounds really good. Uh, rapping is good. All the, a lot of the songs had like interesting stories or interesting like messages to them. So yeah, yeah, man, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, so that's your five. That's it. Uh, and number one. Oh, okay. Number one, I'm call me a pr- living in the moment, prisoner of the moment, whatever. But uh, J Rock. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're <laughs> not a prisoner in the moment because. He's on my list. So. Because I, I really, like, I didn't want to put him at one because of that reason. Yeah. But I looked over everything that I listened to, or at least everything that I am still, like, have. Uh-huh. And his project was by far my, like, favorite one, so. Okay. That's a good five. That's a good five for the year. Yep. Um... <sighs> You're gonna kill me for one of mine, but I, I don't care. People deserve to know. Uh, but <laughs> I'll start with um, number five. And for for the listeners, I like rap music, but I'm also a soft music kind of dude. Yeah. I listen to a, I listen to a lot of music. A lot of people don't even know like how much music I listen to. Yeah, you're like you listen wise. to everything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not as hip. Like maybe rap, I am, but in, in terms of other genres, I'm not. Right. So if if it comes off that I don't like rap music, it's not true. I really do. It's just I listen to so much. It's not always my favorite. So that's just for the listeners. And Mike already knows that, but just letting it out there because I really only have. Well, you'll, let me just. I'll go on with my five. So fifth, I'm gonna go with um, Cali Uchis, Isolation. And Cali is, um, uh, she has a real soft, soft kind of tone. Maybe like a, not quite Janae tone, but um, something like it, I guess. And uh, she's a Colombian singer. Uh, she uses bands, so she doesn't use like a lot of beats, like um, you know, a lot of the other female artists do right now, R&B artists. And it's, I, I'm not even sure if she's R and B. She's kind of like a, you know, I guess she's people call her neo soul right now. She's what neo soul would be. But um, yeah, if you're not familiar, go check it out. You may think I'm weird. You may not. You may love it. You may not. So, uh, she's fifth for me. Not gonna lie, I never heard of this album until you said it. I'm gonna I'm gonna check some of these out though, man. If if it's ones I haven't heard for sure. Yeah, ch- yeah, check it out. You, I, it's probably not your style because it is kind of low, low energy. But I like it. It's something I can vibe to. I could just let it play and you know I'm chilling. Um, fourth, 
I will go with I will go with Nipsey Victory Lap. Okay. It was you know, Michael Rui touched on it's a great album. It was I mean, top to bottom it's just it's a really, really good album. Very, very good. Um third and Mike will kill me for this, but I gotta go with Memories Don't Die by Tory Lane. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill you for that, man. But I—that's—I—I'm I like I, I, not surprised you said it. Because we talked about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like it. I, um, I thought what Tory normally is not. Well, I shouldn't say normally doesn't, but he's not consistent with is showing his full repertoire. I feel like he did on Memories Don't Die. He may not have shown his best of everything, but I think he showed everything. You know, it's like a full, like a, it's almost like a, uh, like a highlight reel kind of thing for him. Like, you see everything he's good at when you listen to this album. Okay. So, yeah, what's, that's three? Oh, uh, yeah, that second, was third. Second, I will go with, um, J-Rock, Redemption. I like it. Yeah, um, obviously we talked about it already. It was very, very good. And, um, first... A lot of people don't know this guy, and I think they should. His name is Anders, and his album is called Twos. And um, it's only eight. It's only eight songs, right? It may be a mixtape. Might not even be an album, but it's my favorite project this year. And uh, he's not a rapper, and he's not a singer. <laughs> he's in between, and his voice has kind of a weekend kind of tone to it. Ooh. But he has. He has a cocky, arrogant swag that of, you know, like a rapper. He has like a rapper swag in Weekend's voice. If that makes sense, it probably doesn't, but listen to him. Twos, you know, his album is called Twos, T-W-O-S. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking Andrew. at it. Yeah, yeah. For the, for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so check him out. The beats are crazy. Um He's just a good artist. He's that's my favorite one this year. I I can play it through, over and over again. I mean, it's, that's me. Is you know for you gangsta rapper fans, you know my five is pretty trash. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, man, it's subjective. Like I keep saying, it's yeah, up to yeah, you. But, yeah, but you know you guys check out some of the song, some of the albums on my five and Mike's five. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. Those are. This is a good five, man. I, I'm I am gonna check out uh, twos and what was there? T- is that how you say it? Twos, yeah. Yeah, twos, yeah. Um, and um, isolation. Isolation for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we should do. We're gonna do a top five at the end of every podcast. Um, we're gonna try to switch it up. It'll probably get more specific than these. Yeah. We're just. This is the first podcast. We're just laying it out. So you guys see what we do. We also will probably talk more basketball when it's time for that. Yeah, during the season we'll be discussing, you know, if anybody has like a historic game or, or you know, an injury or a trade, anything like that. So Yeah, of course. And then free agency, of course, we'll talk about free agency. Right, we'll talk about what the draft looks like uh, probably Sunday. Yep, yeah. Um, so yeah, and... Uh, uh, last thing before I forget, uh, is there any projects that we should 
that you know are coming out Friday that we need to check out? Um, Scorpio? <laughs> that's that's next week. Oh. Next week, yeah. Um, this week? Uh, Anything dropping this so. week? Who? Anything? Oh, I was just wondering if anything is oh, dropping this uh, week. I don't... I don't think so, but I'm not sure. It, if I'm wrong, you know, I hope our listeners hit us up. I, th- I, I probably will check BB Rexa's album. Ah, Expectations. I, yeah, I, I probably will peep that. June 22nd, um, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, nothing else is really, you know, based off calendar is like calling my name um yeah so nah yeah Not well all right well we'll be back sunday oh we will talk about a boogie's album sunday ah. i listened to it today um but i'm we're gonna give a chance give mike a chance to listen to it too yes because so i am can, an a boogie fan so we can discuss it yes yes the features are fantastic on there you know, he, he goes with all international features, I believe, is the theme of this project. And yeah. um, it's good. It's, it's good, A Boogie. But we'll delve into it next podcast. I look forward to it. Yes, yes. Um. So, yeah, that's it for this time. I am Tyler. That is Mike. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Mike. At Layboss, L E Y B O S S 34. And uh, me at That Poison Ivy with no Y, T H A T P O I S O N I V on Instagram. Yeah, hit us up. And we will be on YouTube also. Eventually. Up. Um, yeah, I'm working on eventually, that. Eventually, yeah. And next podcast, we'll give you that. Uh, Next one or the next one. Eventually, we'll give you guys that um, YouTube channel to check out. So, yeah. Anything else, Mike? You got anything? No, that's it. All right. For our viewers out there, we'll see you next time. Uh, All right. Out. And we're out.